We are shows what you know We'll always watch TV And if you think we can't We'll watch more and you'll see That's why the people of the web Believe in Jim from Las Vegas And Jacob from Sweden Welcome back to Maisel Men, your one and only podcast discussing the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes, indeed, there is only one. Isn't it marvelous, though? And you only have to wait two or three months in between episodes as we dive right back in to discuss episodes five to ten of season two of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I am excited to get back into it. It has been a little while, but uh, still very excited. Still a very great show. We're going to dive into it. My name is Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli, and yes, I mean, absence only makes the heart grow fonder. And I mean, what else are you going to do while we're killing time, waiting for the latest season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Exactly. Uh, I will say, we do have other television podcasts. Those do tend to get in the way. Uh, But you can find all of those at showswhatyouknow.com if you're interested. We discuss The Sopranos every week, uh, slowly going through the whole show. We've gone halfway now, so you can find all of that at showswhatyouknow.com or just search for Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down on your podcatching app. But either way, this is not about The Sopranos. For once, it is about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, But you're right, though. It is one of those shows where you watch it, and then it's like a year. Like, it's... uh, one of them shows, one of them streaming shows, you watch it, and then, uh, yeah, then there's a hiatus. And I know that's the case with most television, but it's amplified when you get to enjoy all of it in one go. And the positive part is we now have the experience of reflecting back and what actually sticks back, sort of sticks out on reflection. Like, the good parts, are they better than we remembered? The bad parts, have they been gone away or are they amplified looking back? Um we're, we're going to get into all of that, but what's like your initial thought here going into the later half of uh, Season 2, Jim? Well, actually, real quick before we get into that, I do want to read an email from Kristen on our discussion from Season 2, Episodes 1 through 5. Uh, just starts out says, Maiselman, I was glad to hear you guys had some holdups with these first episodes because I was worried that maybe I was being overcritical. I think it's because the first season set the bar so high, it's easier to nitpick this go-around. As for Paris, I was pretty bored and confused by it at first, but I have a new hope slash theory for it now that Abe caught Midge doing her set. Part of the reason Rose uh, was felt disenfranchised was because Abe had kept something from her, right? I think they say that. So I'm hoping the payoff with Paris is that now Midge has put Abe back in a bad position where he may have to risk all they've rebuilt to keep a secret and not upset her mom. We'll see. For Ben, at first I thought they were implying he was gay. Is Ben gay? Ben gay? I get it. But seriously, I like the character. Hope he stays on. But I'm a bit worried since Zachary Levi has Shazam coming up. What if he gets too big after being in a Smash DC hit? Uh, Like you guys, I thought the record bit was going to lead into something, but I guess it was a funny stinger. I guess, yeah, that's when she's chasing down those... uh, the yep. uh, record guys maybe trying to get some some royalties. I also love Chester a lot and love that his name's Chester. I love that they're constantly forgetting the kids everywhere. It's like child neglect of Mad Men, but more fun. Luigi TV seriously cracked me up. I've been a bit <laughs> bummed that Midge isn't struggling more with stand-up. Other than the wedding, she just kind of nails everything in a very Rory Gilmore kind of way. And I really hope she doesn't turn into a late-season Rory Gilmore, which I feel like this is this Rory Gilmore hate. I will not stand for it, but uh, let me continue. Speaking of Gilmore okay. Girls, the show overall is starting to feel much more like Gilmore Girls to me, which isn't a bad thing, just an observation. 
Uh, last snow is actually kind of a large gripe I, gripe I had that could still be proven wrong, but why wouldn't anyone else recognize Midge at the Concord? Clearly, it's a crowd that knows the cat skills since they're loving her jokes about it, and it's in close proximity since Abe is there. What are the chances she'd be completely unrecognized there? Did everyone else go to the tropical night? Sorry for the long-windedness. Uh, Very happy to have you guys back. The more Maisels, the merrier. So it's good. She was actually in it at that point, like hadn't seen 6 through 10 with the comments. Yeah. So yeah. that's where we're at. Uh, that's, it, it is interesting. I assume you're still then, Kristen, bored and confused about Paris because <laughs> that certainly never came up again. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an interesting point there about um, it was like Rose feeling disenfranchised, Abe kept keeping something from her, and she's out of the loop. But then towards the later half of this season when that's going on, Rose is like kind of nonplussed mostly about the stand-up when it's finally revealed. She's like... What? I don't even understand. And yes. I mean, it is a great scene with, with Abe sort of, how could you hide this from us having known uh, for episodes at that point? Uh, but yeah, I assume you're still uh, down on the Paris then. Uh, Kristen, what about you, Jim? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Although with, the, with where it went with Rose, like I like I was kind of satisfied at that point when it where yeah. it went with Abe and Rose's relationship. I feel like the big thing with this show and – to go back to your question about this back half of the season, uh, I, I still obviously it's a great show. I still love it a lot, but the balance, like, I guess I wasn't prepared that we we're going to focus so much on Abe and Rose. I knew they would be important, but I thought it'd be more important to Midge. Whereas it's that was clearly just kind of an arc for them for the most part, and I guess I didn't expect that because I'm like I think I even said in in our first half discussion, like I'm here for Midge and Susie. And I want them like against the world, but yeah. the show's branching out a bit. And I guess to go with what Kristen's talking about, I think that is a kind of Gilmore Girls kind of way where they kind of are, are more interested in some of the family drama over like the stand-up comedy stuff, uh, which isn't a bad thing. But it feels like the balance tipped, and I, and I don't know if a lot of I don't know if it's just us, but I think a lot of maybe other people that are into the show maybe didn't quite expect that either. Because especially yeah. as we started to get into Ben, I feel like Ben is very short changed here. I guess because it is a shorter show, it's not like Gilmore Girls where you have twenty episodes to kind of spend some time doing some like quirky things here and there. Like we get to a point where it's like a uh engagement is happening and it feels so like out of nowhere to me yeah. uh and and i get it as far as for the arc of what they're trying to do i just don't feel like it's set up as well as it should be yeah well we'll get into ben but because <laughs> <laughs> he was just a, 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 a in my view when we were discussing the first episodes he was just some guy you know but yeah. we'll get into ben uh but as far as the balance of the season I think you're right. Uh, it's definitely branching out a lot. And uh, I'd say, though, that looking at it, looking back at it, uh, all the stuff in the comedy that I was excited about, it is still there. It's just weird how it's sort of refocused a little bit. It's almost like a lot of the comedy is in the background rather than center stage, uh, if you will. Um, but that also kind of works. It's just, I think you have to go into the season kind of uh, in the right mindset of like knowing it's going to have a more languid sort of pace where it's going a bit slower, uh, not slower necessarily, but like, like you said, branching out, doing other stuff, because all the beats of the comedy storyline are still there. I mean, there are great moments. Uh, I think Kristen pointed out that uh, 
she was a bit bummed that Midge isn't struggling more with stand-up. Uh, she just seems to kill it all the time, uh, which I think is fair. But we do have some ups and downs. Like, the story is there. Um, and it's almost like if it was a six or eight episode season, I'm sure, like, those would be the beats that you kept. But all the other stuff at the same time... I mean, it is it is very confident and very like, okay, let's do this for two episodes type yeah. thing, which isn't always great. But if you expect that, like just because it is so uh, put together in such a brilliant way, all of it, uh, I think it still works. But uh, I, I see where you're coming from still. Yeah, and I think it's kind of, it, it's they had a similar thing with the Gilmore Girls revival, which I thought was great. But... Knowing that it was, what were they, like four episodes? I mean, they were feature yeah. length, so they were longer. But I've, I've, we discussed that if you go back in our archives. And I remember there were times where I was like, yeah, I mean, this musical thing is cool, but I only get four episodes uh, with Rory and Lorelai, so I don't want to spend time with this right now. Whereas yeah. it's similar with Maisel. Like, if this was a longer show, it'd be, I'd be fine with some of our, like, off-road fun that we have which is still great it's part of the quirkiness and part of the like the brilliance of the show but sometimes it feels like uh, some of the plot things get skipped over because we want to spend time in the cat skills making a lot of like insider jokes of like growing up there and what that was like it's still fun to watch even without having uh with, with an outsider perspective but it's like all right let's get to something else now Yes. Uh, well, shall we get into some of the sort of details and beats of these five episodes? Absolutely. Great. So we start out with, of course, Abe had only just found out and they're driving home and there's a, you know, fun sequence where he's silently stomping around, which is essentially this whole episode for him. Like in the, the shock that's come over him, it's not until the very end that, you know, it seems that, I mean, there is a great moment at the end of the episode where they're watching some comic and he asks, are you funnier than this guy? <laughs> and she goes, yes. Uh, but there's other great stuff in this episode. Uh, I mean, notably, Susie walking back after this night, falling asleep in, in uh, Midge's family's house there. And uh, and there's a search party going on. Uh, That's great. Th- what did you feel about this? <laughs> I loved it. And actually, I'm looking at my notes. And again, like, I know it's been time since we've recorded our episode. I mean, it's also been time since I've seen these. But I have notes. I'm like, who's Pamela? Oh, yeah. Pamela's the plunger, obviously. Uh, but I love the, yeah, I love that there's a search party. They're all concerned for her because Susie's such a curmudgeon and doesn't want to be there anyway. So it's kind of nice to see that maybe they're kind of breaking through her harsh exterior a little bit. Uh, warmed my heart. Um, and like, I kind of like how it plays through later on when they're all in their bunks and they kind of, they, they love her, but then they're having their gossip, but then she even has to come in with her like, uh, well, they, they're talking about like their hopes and dreams. You know that's dreams. never going to happen, right? Yeah, you know yeah. none of that's going to happen. And uh, it's such a Susie thing, and it's like heartbreaking, but true and blunt and like right to the point. Uh, I really liked a lot of the stuff they were doing here with having Susie up at the Catskills. Yeah, it, I mean, that it even that kind of bummed me out after having this love fest of her yeah. getting back. And it is, I mean, the joke is as, as well that obviously she doesn't work there. She's just sort of shown up and <laughs> yeah. tried to, like, blend in. But then she's just become such a fixture. And to to a almost, uh, like, parody level, it's very comedic. It's, it's, it's so much fun, though. And it reminds me just of the level of reality we have in this show. It's not quite like actual reality it's heightened everything is heightened and like all the reviews state like this is 
1959, I think, uh, New York, but with all the rough edges polished off. Like, when Susie gets abducted by gangsters, it's like a fun little, like, yeah. thing. It's it's very much like, you know, a comedic hyper-reality of what this place and world is like. And uh, that's why we get to have these things and actually enjoy them, and it all balances out. Um, I'd say this is basically like the last big episode at the Catskills. Yeah. Uh, it does end with the big show there and everything. And it, it also gives another ending for uh, Joel and Midge where they have a dance and like say like, oh, we started this with a dance. Let's finish it with a dance. But, you know, it's never over with these two. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Which I love, though, because, I mean, if you go back to even our first season, I've always been a Joel apologist. Not to say yeah. he's not a piece of shit. And I understand like he it's his fault. But it's like this weird um, greater good fault. Not not like excusing anything he did, but like they're better off because of it. Uh, and they mm. still do have this history. And I like that it's not... They're not just... like With a show like this, you could easily just keep him the villain. You know what I mean? You could easily just have him be the shitty ex-husband that cheated but they kind of try to spend time to even show that he's changing and, and uh, getting better and they are playing with these. Will they, won't they? I, I feel like I'm in the minority that's rooting for them. And, but I like, I feel like the, the showrunners in a weird way are on my side with the way things go. <laughs> and they spend yeah. a lot of time in these episodes establishing not only that Midge, you know, with Ben is kind of developing a relationship, but uh, Joel is kind of becoming a ladies' man or branching out on his own as well. So they're trying to like show they're separated, but it's like they're on a collision course, man. There's nothing you could do about it. Just try to get in the way. <laughs> okay. Well, I will. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yes, he, he's kind of branching out like a little bit, Joel, but it's more clear that he's still like got feelings than that Midge has. Like the thing Midge has with Ben is obviously bigger than anything that Joel is developing here with these various girls that yeah. show up in these episodes. Um, but that's not surprising because who are you going to find that's like Midge? No one. Um, it's just she's a, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And, the, and I guess the thing for me, and maybe it's because uh, I do kind of like Joel, is, yeah, the show's setting up and I, we're going to get more into it like that this Ben thing is serious, but I never bought it. Like it, it never yeah. felt, it always felt shallow to me. Uh, but yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll discuss it. Let's discuss it right now. Ben okay. is a Mary Stu. Ben is a quirky, like <laughs> Ben is too quirky. Ben is yeah. way too quirky. He is, you know, manic pixie dream boy almost. Now I say this, knowing full well that Amy Sherman Palladino is going to turn me around. Like, start of next season, I'm going to be like, Ben has so many layers, because this is how I felt about Joel. I was saying, like, towards the end of the season one, I'm sure I'm going to love Joel, even though I was hating Joel. And uh, you're right, though. I, I felt exactly the same about Ben. We, He, I mean... They, they have fun, they hang out, but then in the last episode, it's suddenly like, yeah, well, of course I'm getting married, this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, what? You yeah. are? Okay, um, maybe. And it's like you mentioned, it's out of the blue, but it's maybe also commentary on, you know, it is the fucking 50s, man, at this point. Like, well, did you get married? We had sex, so now we get married. I don't know. And everything's going to be perfect again, and I'm going to be a housewife, but I'm but he loves comedy this time, so it's going to be grand. Yeah. Um, so that's probably part of it. But yes, the thing with Ben, you know, there's a whole episode with this painting stuff, you know, so yeah. that's their only chance to really build it up into a real relationship. Though I, I, there are bits I like with them as well. So, um, and but I staying in... The, 
Well, oh, sorry, I was you just going to say real quick. I mean, and I guess they are because, I mean, when we get into the painting stuff, the big theme obviously is like you can't have it all. It's sacrifice for your art. Do you want to settle down and... And I mean, although you already have kids, so I mean, it's not like you <laughs> no, can't it complete. doesn't matter. They could, it, she, she forgot about the kids when she said yes on the <laughs> phone, much true. like in Mad Men. <laughs> Very true. Uh, well, yeah, because it is coming to this whole choice of, you know, do you want to have the I, I, I mean, we've seen this theme in a lot of uh, movies, TV shows. I feel like it's a bit overblown. Obviously, people can uh create art and still have a family but it's a nice thing to play off of and i guess ben it's like we're seeing the old midge um because even like before season one i guess because obviously the pilot we see the domesticated midge until she kind of breaks out and becomes a comedian i guess this season yeah. we're spending a lot of time seeing the the old midge or what you know the this is a big it's still a big part of her being the kind of yuppie jewish upper class lady that she is that happens to be, you know, have the gift of gab. Uh, so mm. I guess that's what he represents. And, and I think you have a great point that I guess rushing into marriage wouldn't be a crazy thing in the fifties. It's not rushing in. It's like, well, you know, you can't be divorced. This is a good guy. You like each other. Why not just get married? So that does kind of make yeah. a little bit more sense to me now when you put it in that perspective. He's a doctor, Jim. Come yeah. on. Um, but yeah, also, even stepping back to episode uh, six here, uh, Abe found, finds out about Midge in the stand-up comedy, but it's only just like in this very same episode, he also finds out about his son yep. uh, being a spook for the government uh, in a fun scene there oh. when they're uh, in this security room with a buzzer and all of that. Good stuff. Um it almost feels like he forgets about Midge. Like he's only thinking about his son for the next couple episodes there when this is going on, you know, and he gets kicked out of Bell Labs. He gets kicked out of the school. So given how the season starts with him and Rose getting things back on track, Paris and all that, now it's suddenly like, no, Abe's crazy. Abe's going crazy because of all these things and everything is falling apart. Uh, his work at Bell Labs, his schoolwork as well. He's getting kicked out of both of those and it ends on a sort of like, we're going to take him to court or like, I'm going to go back to my communist days or I'm not mm. even sure what what's going on there. But uh, it's a lot to worry about for poor old Abe here. He actually has a lot more emotionally speaking going on than Rose does. So I guess Rose kind of gets the start of the season. He gets the back half yeah yeah he's he's kind of picking up almost what she felt last season because there's all these secrets things that he didn't know about and then also the just the fact that he thinks he's helping his son like you know the established professor that he is but it's like nope he's actually above you and you're actually kind of very low level that we only like it's almost we're just kind of being polite to you in a weird way by ever like yeah. uh maintaining like your thoughts or, or your what like his experiments whatever the fuck he does uh but yeah it's it's quite a, a beat down for poor abe so it's not just dealing with midge in doing stand-up comedy it's just his whole life is kind of upside down yes and final note there on episode six is you mentioned the musical stuff and the Gilmore Girls uh, Year in a Life revival thing. Uh, we do have a sequence here at the end of the Catskills where they always have this big show put on by the crew. And 
it's one of those things that if there were only five episodes of Maisel, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I'd be like, fuck this scene, because it goes on for a while. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Russia, England, and all these dances. Uh, but now, because we have ten episodes, I'm actually like, well, this is rather delightful, actually. And it's sort of setting the tone of the season that, like, no, we're going to do these things because we want to. A lot yeah. of it is, like, we want to do this, so we're going to which usually is shit, but when you do something well, it's not. It's actually great. <laughs> and it's fun payoff to see Susie in the talent show. Uh, I really like the moment when uh, afterwards when the comedian goes up and Abe asks her, you know, are you as funny as him? And she takes a minute, but she says yes. She has real confidence in what she does. And back to the Joel thing, I love that they're dancing and you know i guess it's time we dance with someone else and the camera pulls back and they kind of separate a lot of great stuff this show's very cinematic and uh they make a lot of great choices like that with the camera movements and the sweeping shots and the musical uh it's a great show yes so that does bring us into episode seven uh which is the art episode starting it within like Instagram square image that then slowly expands as she's looking at these paintings and walking around in the art world of uh, the 1950s. It feels like much like they wanted to explore the Catskills in Paris. It's like, well, now we want to get into art. So yeah. fuck you, sit down and watch it. You're going to love it. Um, and I, I, I did, I did to be fair, yeah. uh, but it is a kind of weird offshoot. <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you think? Well, it, it's, I think it is a nice, um, parallel to the new midge like talking like the cat skills represents the old midge that she grew up like the whole the world she knew and now it's like even though ben comes from that world this is a little bit different it's not quite stand-up comedy but it's almost in that same realm and her stumbling upon like a nice piece of art is like how she stumbles on stage and just kicks kicks ass because even this you know, uh, highly respected artists can see that she understands art and they have that weird connection over it. Are you talking about Count Adamar from A Knight's Tale? Is that his? Yes. yes, Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, yeah, she stumbles into like a side gallery at this big gallery and she buys a painting just because it speaks to her. And, uh, you know, this is... This is Ben's world. He's all excited about this stuff and brings her in. And of course, like you mentioned, she just smooth slides in, like makes friends with the big shots and everything. And like, he's all amazed that she bought a painting because she liked it. And everyone else, they're just collectors. They don't really care. It doesn't really, you know, affect them really. Um, so she decides to invite her over. Ben thinks this, there's flirting going on, but and, and there kind of is, but not really. Yeah. And uh, they get to, uh, he, she gets to see this amazing painting that's so great you can't show it because if you show it you'd ruin it. But yeah. it's got to be so thrilling that it's like beyond words, beyond description, bringing us into the discussion you mentioned of like, oh, you can't make something this great if you got a family. And I mean, like you said, the reaction should be. I do already, (laughs) so I'm fine, actually. But, uh, you know, this is all about how she can't have it all. And also, I mean, thinking about it now, too, because you're right, like, Ben is almost this, like, manic pixie dream boy. But this does kind of show his limits because he is, he's kind of well-versed enough to kind of know about art, but he also doesn't know about art. He's like, you know, the people that, the rich people that Banksy makes all his money off of, but he doesn't really respect those people. 
Uh, you know, they're like all excited when Banksy shreds the painting and they're like, well, now I want to buy the shreddings. Uh, cause it's just, you know, I'm a rich guy and I can buy stuff and I can own it. But, you know, in much, in very midge marvelous Mrs. Maisel fashion, she immediately adapts and picks up the situation on a much deeper level than he does. Yes. And meanwhile, Joel is holding an office party like we discussed last time, I believe. I mean, he's slid into this factory and started taking control and they got the loan and they bought the building. So they're having some uh, champagne over that. He gets very drunk. And uh, it's it's a pretty good scene there where he's very drunk and just talks about how it's been a year and why can't I be forgiven? Like, I'm almost coming over to your side, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sweet enough scene. Um, but, uh, you know. That's uh, he's yeah. all alone there as well, just sleeping in the office uh, that he bought. And uh, as we know, he's going to get kicked out of there as well, yeah. just like he got uh, thrown out of his family. Well, he threw himself out. Well, and I yeah. like that because, I mean, Yom, Yom Kippur is on the horizon. So it's becoming it's coming up on the anniversary, basically, of the pilot when all the shit went down. And we do get to see like we do get to see the old midge because we do have her back with her mom. And they're getting what the brisket or they're getting the tenderloin. I forget. They're getting something else because they got the rabbi and we got like, the rabbi. Like I said, that was like in these 15 second TV spots when they were advertising the show hard, like in November and December, they would show that scene. And all I can imagine is someone that doesn't know this show are like, what? What is going on? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, even even knowing the show and loving the show, that kind of makes me cringe because, like I mentioned, we're in this hyper-reality. Things are heightened. Yes, I get yeah. it. But they, they go out of a store and shout it like they're in a show. Like, mm. they... Like even if they're excited about it, they should be like jumping and hugging each other. They don't. They like do it like ha ha, and there's no one outside. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this is weird. And the co- I, I suppose that's probably part of it. Like it's a weird thing to shout about in the street. Um, I think but, they, uh, but, yeah. they even comment on it. Doesn't like Rose they do. say something? It like, makes it yeah. makes it better when they walk yeah. away. Like yeah, oh. <laughs> it's like that felt nice or whatever they say. Um, um, and then I mean, uh, yeah, it, Joel like. They're playing up this Joel's just like banging all these chicks, basically. Uh, they bought the he bought the building for the factory. He's doing well with the business, but he's got Mrs. Mo- Mrs. Moskowitz is kind of looking out for him, trying to take care mm. of him. And uh, of course, with Yom Kippur coming up and the big dinner with the rabbi, Susie Susie calls. There's also a gig, so of course things things are colliding for Midge. Yeah, of course. I mean, she actually decides to tell everyone, right? I, I don't remember the exact uh, impetus or if she just decides because uh, it's something about Abe. She Abe, asks, uh, yeah, she asks yeah. Abe to cover for her. Like when they first they're at church and they're kind of just bickering because everyone's on a fast, so everyone's kind of cranky. Uh, oh, yeah. But then he says, <laughs> you know, he's not, like that's not what he's, he's not going to lie for her. Uh, and then, you know, she just, I, she just decides to uh, basically come clean at Yom Kippur dinner and such like... The Paladinos, this is their, you know, bread and butter, dude. Family drama at a dinner and, like, things all coming to a head. It's so great. (laughs) And it's, like, you got great moments because you have uh, Moish is eating cereal, even though he told his, like, grandkid he can't eat and he wants to take the Dakota ring. Uh, You got the maid coming in with the food. They keep shoving her away. And it's such a great choice that it is almost this, like, David Chase anticlimax where even like everyone's kind of confused. They don't really, it's not this big blow up reaction that you quite expect when she kind of comes out and says she's a stand up comedian. Plus she's being long winded about it anyways in mid yeah. fashion. 
Yeah, I, and you describing it had me remember then that Abe, like, she has this elaborate plan to get away to the gaslight to do the gig, because it's an important gig, because some booker is going to be there or something, so she has to get away, even though they got the rabbi. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, he says, like, because of Yom Kippur, I guess all their sins are cleansed, and he says, like, why are we not going to blow a year's worth of sinning, like, in the first two hours <laughs> oh, yeah. or something? Like, Because he's clearly going to be sinning again, but I can't do it right now. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And he said earlier, he made her promise not to tell anyone until he decided. That's right. Yeah. And now he's like, oh, yeah, just tell him then. Fine. And she, I think she's a bit like blindsided by this because even though she obviously has been saying, I think all season that she's going to tell people, uh, it's still a difficult thing. So that's why she is being long-winded about it. But she eventually comes out and says it. But it is great, with, especially with all the crosstalk that they're always great at, like cutting into another character. They're all having different conversations <laughs> at the same time about different stuff, but in, a, in the funniest way possible. And then the dinner's coming in, the rabbi's coming in, but nobody cares about the rabbi now that he's actually there. They just keep arguing. And then the rabbi's like, maybe I should go. <laughs> and like uh, Susie's like, I thought there would be food at this thing and and so on and so on and everyone's starving because they haven't it um so yeah and really then, really smashing scene here yes and then even like when she's talking about being a comedian and moisha's like well go ahead tell us a joke and you know anyone that w- would would try to say that they're in comedy or something there'd be some shitty person that's just like well go ahead make me laugh like that's how it works and of course she's yeah. trying to explain like well, you know, I'm stream of consciousness and observation. Well, I don't know what that means. And she's trying to talk about the, the her son being bullied, and then Rose is like, "When did this happen?" And it's you know, it's not the ideal situation for a joke. Uh, hilarious stuff. Um, and we kind of gloss over it a bit, but also in this episode, uh, Midge does decide to go up in Ben's apartment. So you can assume they consummate yep. their relationship here. And also, Su- mm-hmm. we get to see Susie's family a bit as she's trying yeah. to really make a go and start this business. And they, she has a nice scene with her sister. Um, is that it? That's in this one, right? Yeah, where she gives her a mom's yeah. car. Which is her sister-in-law, right? I mean, the guy's her brother. Yeah, it might be. I, for, I, I forget the specifics. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so it, we do end with she does get off finally and, and do the, the actual show at the Gaslight. And has some uh, scotch with Susie afterwards to celebrate. Uh, because it went well. The booker or whoever liked her. And they have a nice uh, moment of her going like, you know what? I want to be big. I want to be like, I want to headline uh, at the Copa or whatever, whatever she says. Um, and reminiscing about a year ago and everything. So, so yeah. This is the same episode that earlier we have the realization that, oh, you can't make something great without making sacrifices. She's getting closer to Ben. And we wrap it up with, I want to be big. I want to be the biggest one. And she has revealed it to her family. That's one of the hurdles she had to get past. Yeah, and there's also a quick moment in that dinner scene where Astrid blurts out that she's pregnant. Uh, Astrid's a great, like, Amy Sherman Palladino character, too, because she's always trying so hard because she converted to to be Jewish and she wants to make everyone like her. (laughs) And uh, things come to a head with Abe and um, I'm spacing on Midge's uh, brother's name. Oh, God. So am I. Uh, Hang on. Uh, uh, Noah. Noah, yes. Yeah, because things come to a head on that as well because they kind of glean what's going on uh, from Astrid, right? Don't they get some information from her 
Like that's kind of yes, the whole because thing. she ha- she she's doing a fast all on her own in the previous episodes. So Rose <laughs> goes to her and sort of asks some questions, and and she accidentally says how like she knows he has a gun or whatever, and <laughs> Abe starts thinking that he kills people. I think that's next episode that okay. they actually have a heart to heart on that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, seven episodes. Seven, no, sorry, eight. Eight. We just yep. did seven. Episode eight is the tour episode. I mean, that's the big thing in this one. Um, and we do have a lot of other side things as well. I mean, she. I mean, what do you think about the tour in general, Jim? Uh it's pretty. It's kind of standard fare. I mean, you have to see. Even though, like, I agree. Like with what Kristen was talking about, sometimes things are a little bit too easy for Midge. But I guess that's why she is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like we brought up a few times, she is basically a superhero. This is a superhero show, uh, and she has yeah. come clean about her secret identity to her family. But uh, we get some fun, you know, the the, the perils of the road. And it is kind of like it's one of the only places to go because, like you said, if they're at this moment in the last episode where she's ready to be big and let's take this thing up a notch, you have to kind of now break it down a bit and challenge Midge and make sure that she's really in it. Um, cause what, I mean, there's like, she has to adjust to, you know, not having her bags brought up. Like she's so <laughs> clueless. Like she's even like, when are they gonna bring our bags up? She's like, no one's bringing up yeah. their bags. And it's these dirty hotels. She doesn't want to sleep in the beds. And of course she's dealing with Susie snoring and the gigs are not great. Um, so yeah, there's also about the whole balance thing. We have Imogen and her baby shower yes. that she doesn't go to, which is just uh, impressively poor planning. I mean, I, I guess this is from the uh, woman who didn't tell Susie that going to the Catskills, now that's like a three-month thing. Uh, we don't just uh, go for a little bit. Come on. Um, but yeah, they're actually talking. They're like meeting up at the stage deli talking about the baby shower. And then she doesn't realize that she's not going to be there for the baby shower. I think even I was thinking, like, when is the baby shower? Like, what's going on? How is this working out? Um, but, yeah, she. it is nice as well to see Imogen at the stage deli, see some of those worlds intersect. Intersect. I do love Imogen as well, as I've said before. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, some trials and tribulations on the road. It's kind of... I think anyone who's been on the road, if it's a tour doing music or even just, I guess, a road trip with friends, <laughs> uh, it can, you know, you can recognize some of these things. Um, like you said, kind of standard fare, but it's where you got to go. And I mean, um, a lot of good, a lot of good moments for the Joel fans out there in this episode, because isn't there even a moment where you kind of like, he doesn't like tell off Susie, but you know he's showing his concern, like you know that nothing better ha- bad better happen to her or stuff like that. Kind of talks a little tough. Uh, take care of her on the road. Uh, but- uh, did you say he doesn't threaten him? Uh, threaten her because oh, does he? Uh, he actually says, "Yeah, if anything happens to Midge on this trip, I'm gonna fucking kill you." Oh, he that's says. right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, and then what? Midge doesn't even know how to drive either, right? Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they're dealing with, I mean, cause I'm kind of skimming through it real quick. Uh, yeah, no dressing room, scummy dudes, of course, on the road, uh, which does come Getting to a rashes head. in your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Susie gets a rash cause she slept on the bed. I guess Mitch uh, was just standing there all day. Uh, but yeah, uh, she has to call back home for the actual baby shower and do a little speech, which is like, why are you even do why are you here at all then like or not here why why even call at this point she really fucked up um 
again, she doesn't actually really get to pay the price. I mean, it does end with her coming home and the mess is still there. As Rose points out, this isn't Zelda's mess to clean. You made this mess, you clean it up. Uh, But you don't really see the fallout that much. But then again, Imogen does have the baby and they love each other and she's, they are good friends. So it all works out in the end anyway. And yeah, I mean, and they do deal with a guy trying to stiff him when he locks uh, Susie in a, in a closet. Yep. Is it just that he's not paying for the gig? I, I forget the specifics. Yes, uh, they're they're not paying. Uh, I don't recall why exactly. Oh, they were late and no one was drinking. Like that was the whole point of having a you know stand up in that. Uh, but yeah, he just doesn't want to pay. So they or Midge calls Joel, who comes in. Like a big tough guy. Interesting that Ben doesn't get the phone call, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she doesn't turn to Ben on this. Hmm. So uh, he shows up, knocks the guy. Uh, oh, he, no, he just threatens him, I think. Um, no, he does punch uh, him. Oh, okay. Because he okay. says, uh, who are you? I'm her husband. Well, why the why the fuck don't you keep her? And then he punches him. And he says, whatever was going, it, better end, uh, it was better to end that sentence that way or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't let him finish. Yeah. You're right. Good stuff from him there. It's tough because, um, like, I could see that someone could maybe argue that uh, it's too, like, damsel here where, like, he has to come in and save the day. But it's not so much too much of a comment on Susie. It's just that she's, you know, she's still new to this as well. And, uh, you know, she's she's trying to handle what she can. Aren't they, like, recording the gigs or something as well? Like, that's a whole thing. Yes, They're that up- is a whole thing, yeah. and I think it starts, like, playing during one of the uh, things. It starts playing it. Oh, and she's pl- recording Susie snoring. I don't oh, remember yes. if there was any actual payoff to all of this uh, yeah. with the recording, but, uh, yeah, they definitely do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so- it's the tour stuff. It's kind of standard. It is it is nice to see a little hardship here because I feel like sometimes the comedy is a little too easy. Like I uh, kind of point out in the past when she kills at that gig when Abe's there, but I feel like you made a good defense on why that has to happen. And it does make sense in the end, but it's good to see that sometimes if it's too easy, it would feel like that Mitch would give up at the smallest sign of things not going well. (laughs) So it's good to see her hang in there. Yes. So we get to episode nine. Might be my favorite episode. Uh, it's a really strong one. It's the one with the telethon. Yeah. And uh, it, even though the other episodes, especially the tour one, they're very sort of inwardly consistent, it feels like you can tell which episode each episode is because I can say it's the art episode or the tour episode. Uh, and But this one, more than any, has one through line and one build up and one climax like it all comes together uh and even from the start it's so it, it all is so great starting with this uh comedy of Susie trying to find you know trying to get midge into this slot uh by asking various people going to all these different tables and the way it's all cut and put together <laughs> is so yeah. funny and the way it's written because she's asking the wrong person and then the the girl left and then she's uh, gets the wrong information and this guy who keeps shouting i don't work for you and but then <laughs> it all works out and i don't know that scene is like if you just showed me that i believe i would be sold on the whole show having no other context at all just for how they put it together yeah yeah it's like this whole network of entertainers they're all in this one diner uh in new york and you got to play the the diner politics and it, it you know comes together in a hilarious way yeah and as far as their family like it's I think anyone doing anything creative can relate to the fact of like, oh yeah, I'm a graphic designer or I'm an author or I'm a filmmaker. But then suddenly it's like, I'm going to be on TV 
tomorrow like <laughs> and she gets to say that to her family and they have to face like they don't really at first but towards the end they have to face the fact that this is uh, a real thing i think that's what they say oh so this is really happening as they're watching the show uh live through a window watching other people watch their daughter and laugh yeah and i'm kind of skimming through it here because now we have um like Abe, this Abe's kind of has his outburst here, right? He basically kicks out. Like, well, first he's he's not getting information in his like private lab with his coworkers, yeah. and he's starting to realize it's all kind of just set up. I don't know, maybe if it's a favor to Noah or whatever. They're trying to placate him in a weird way, and that seeps out into his frustration in his class, and he just kind of kicks everyone out. Yeah, because I think uh, people are like people are missing from class. I guess he hasn't been showing up because he's been having a mental breakdown and working more at Bell Labs, and they don't want him there. And I guess his favorite student transferred, and yeah, asks why are you all here? This very great contrast to the earlier scene when he's like walking along, and uh, when you know when Rose was at the school as well, and everyone like the class was following him, intent on every word, and they kind of still are. But he just tells them they're all useless <laughs> and incompetent. And that does lead to him later having a, you know, a meeting with the dean or whoever he is. I, I think this is where we get to, like, I could threaten to stab you with this cheese knife or whatever it is. Um, good stuff. And then everything seems, like, once they arrive at the telethon, everything seems good. It's like she's got a good spot. They're setting up the lighting. They're busting into the control room where everyone's freaking out. Uh, but then what is Jane Lynch's character's name? I'm, I'm spacing on her name now. Because now it's um, like Sophie uh, Lennon. Sophie Lennon, yes. Because now I, it's interesting because that was like such a big part of the beginning of the season. Because even like Su- Susie being blackballed yeah. or them both being blackballed, kidnapped by gangsters, what have you, kind of went away for a little bit. Uh, but now the the shadow of Sophie Lennon is back uh, as she's kind of uh, bumping Midge and kind of uh, putting her out here at the telethon. Yes, which, uh, I mean, there's so many great parts here. Uh, We have, for example, them going into the control room over and over and getting (laughs) shouted at, like, get them out of here. But they're just confident and like, oh, no, we're definitely becoming great friends with these. These are the people you need to become friends with. Just yell at them every time. But then at the end when they're leaving, they're all like, okay, bye, bye, Mitch. See you, Susie. (laughs) Oh, she did great. And, And so on. That's all great. Um, and Sophie Lennon, of course, on stage doing her bit. Everyone's loving it and doing her interview with people suffering uh, from the illness that they're actually telethoning for. All good stuff. And we also get introduced to this uh, new character who's a singer who's, you know, supposedly very, very famous, big, important singer uh, who Midge, of course, happens to meet in the ladies' room, hits it off with immediately like she does with most people. And, uh, yeah, that might pan out into something. Oh yeah, was it Shy Baldwin? I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And it's I mean, even he's kind of like, yeah, Sophie Lennon's bullshit. You're Midge Maisel. You're the yeah. best. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I I love this episode. Like I said, we also have. Uh, I mean, speaking of Abe, he gets to sit down with his son, find out that they're pulling the plug on the whole project that he's doing basically because of Midge. And this was something that's been kind of building since season one, uh, that, you know, it was going to be a problem that she was being arrested. Would he be able to get the job? But it all worked out in the end. But now it's back because 
uh, when she was in DC, she said something about Abe's project on stage. Oh, yeah, listening to kids' records and that. So it is her fault, actually. She, I don't think she knows that at the end of the season, but uh, but yeah, it's her fault. Well, actually. and time. that's the one where like the kitchen burnt down or something. But it's like yeah. they burnt down the kitchen because she mentioned <laughs> the like. There's really this like deep seated like CIA Big Brother going on here in the background. Uh, I didn't read it that way at all. (laughs) I read it as like, because in that scene, Noah's like, oh yeah, she did that. And then the kitchen caught on fire. (laughs) And he's like, Mitch burned down the kitchen? And he's like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And then, uh, I mean, there is a moment too where Benjamin runs into Midge at the park and kind of meets her son, right? And that kind of becomes a thing because, you know, now it's like, uh joel replacement here stepping in as a new daddy i mean he is daddy exactly right (laughs) uh right so let's see i think we'll move on then to the i mean she does kill it obviously at the end she kills it she improvises goes to all the phones it is fun you know you know if something that takes place in the 50s is actually funny you know it must have blown people's minds because when you look at comedy from that age it's not what we would find funny today Again, it's a hyper reality. It's you know all enhanced. It's it's not realistic, but it's so great when she's walking around answering all the phones, and you just see all of her friends, and even you know the guy who's always a sourpuss at the gaslight. He's sitting there laughing like I'll be damned. Like it's one of us, one of us up there on the screen, and I feel the same way. But doesn't she get political? Because isn't that kind of a thing throughout it, where it's like make sure you're not like this or that? But she kind of vote goes, Kennedy. Yes, yeah. she goes vote for Kennedy because she's hypnotizing the audience but even in the control room they're like oh she can't do that oh ballsy i like it (laughs) but i feel i mean on on another show that would be a thing and i mean i assume maybe it still could be a thing whether it be it affects uh noah or abe somewhat it just feels like such a thing that shouldn't just be left there but we'll see um yeah i feel like in this show it would be just left yeah you know but then maybe at the end of season three noah's gonna lose his job in the cia yeah. as well <laughs> who knows uh and then i um, mean we, we do have uh moish sits down with joel and fires him in this episode i believe yeah. or is that the finale no i think that's this one yeah that's that one yeah and but it's like the it's the good old like you're too good for this firing right it's kind of like yeah I, I, you know, I don't want to hold you back. I'm holding you back, my good son. You know, you're coming in, you're doing so good, but you, you're on to bigger and better things. So we'll see what that leads to. Yeah. So we've already discussed a lot of the stuff that sort of goes down here uh, in the final episode as we get into it. But, um, but uh, we do get a flashback with Blonde Midge and the actual original proposal. Like we mentioned, it's all about Ben, and now Ben wants to marry her, but then she's, he's got to get permission from the dad, and Abe's withholding it for a long time. By the time he agrees, uh, she's kind of changed her mind because she gets this offer to go on a whirlwind tour of uh, everywhere with Shy opening for him because he just happens to have comics opening for him. I didn't, like, this is another one of those things that in another show I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fucking convenient, isn't yeah. it? But for me, I'm just like, yeah, no, this actually makes sense in this world because she has a superpower, and I do believe in that superpower of comedy. Uh, I'm just kind of going through my notes here. Yeah, because I remember when I was first watching, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, he's asked the he's asking for her hand in marriage, but kind of talking it out here. I've warmed up to it quite a bit. 
Uh, and it does make sense, I guess, in the time frame. Um, yeah, I would say it does make sense, but I still feel the same thing you do talking about Ben. I'm not like... I think it's difficult to be team Ben because he is a pretty face and he is quirky. He doesn't... We haven't seen that much more to him, really, it feels like. Um, but then he's, he's a promising character still at the same time. We'll see if he shows up again or if the, she, the whole point of him was just to have uh, someone she could throw away for her career again. <laughs> well, and then um, Sophie kind of makes a move on Susie in this episode, right? She kind of approaches her or summons her to her place or what have you. Yes, because we have the uh, the whole uh, thing in the previous episode where Susie goes and tells her off very sternly, uh, which it's a classic thing of like, you got balls, kid. I want someone who's fighting for me in my corner. Like, you're fighting for her. So she tries to sign, like, she wants Susie to be her manager, uh, which Susie does keep a secret throughout the episode here. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's uh, like Susie doesn't have any money. This would be a huge amount of money because Sophie Lennon actually gets gigs and a huge prestige thing. I mean, it would be wonderful in every way imaginable, except for the fact that Midge and uh, Sophie Lennon don't really get along. So uh, it's a recipe for drama for sure. Yes, yeah. And then there's this scene where like Joel comes to the conclusion that maybe he's going to open up a club, like a comedy club, and they're hitting oh, balls. Yeah. And the whole time yeah. I'm just thinking like, are these CGI balls? How are they not hitting them right into the camera? <laughs> What's going on? Are they, they're just like, smashing them like left and right. Camera moves behind him, like moves around to the front of him. <laughs> I was just thinking about the timing. Like yeah. they're, they're sh- shooting them off at the same time. It's all yeah. one shot, I think, more yeah. or less. And the camera's moving around. They're 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 really firing him off. It's like an such a great like choice to like have that rhythm to it. And then they have a beer that they shoot more balls uh but yeah i was barely paying attention to what they said because it was so uh <laughs> thrilling visually yeah I'm, I'm there and then then we get back to the control room uh and then but abe is like kick-ass in this scene where he's kind of taking control back um all right you mean like in the secure room in bell labs where yes. they're like telling him what's what and then he tells them what's what and he sticks up for uh he sticks up for midge but oh well, we had the line right here he goes uh She's a comedian. She humiliates her family on stage. That's their job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they tell him to leave and he's about to. Yeah, he does does the whole speech. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, and I think he says like, basically tells him to take to take your best shot. That's why he meets up with like a lawyer later and like he tells uh, Rose, I think, that I don't know. Is he, he's, he's quitting his job, I think, at the at the school even though he has tenure which is you know a silly thing to do because he could just keep getting a paycheck but he's like no no that would be i don't know dishonorable or something uh, he's really um breaking down broken down by this whole thing especially when midge has the when he finally gives his permission midge goes like Ooh, actually this ben guy i'm not sure and it's like jeez every time every yes. time midge yeah and and again because it's going to be about how it affects the family and especially how Rose is going to react because th- this has been her wish is to to because what she knows for happiness and uh I guess your role as a woman is to be married to a doctor and and take care of your children. She's she's fine she's going to be a stand-up comedian but at least have a husband. Yeah. And as Rose points out, uh the school owns this apartment. 
Um, so like, what's going to happen now? Are we going to go live with the Midge and uh, Benjamin? And uh, yeah. then he just has to take some books off a chair and tell her to sit down because now he has to tell her that that's not happening either. There yeah. is also a small like uh, story going on here with Lenny Bruce because yeah. he, you know, he meets up with Midge uh, drinking and says he's got this chance to do something. I think it's on TV, uh, right? It's on. It's I believe so. Yeah, he's he's. Yeah. He's down in the dumps. She's giving him the moral support that she. He's at the end of his rope, basically. Uh, yeah. And I mean, and he gets to go do this uh, song about. I mean, he doesn't find comedy and sings about being all alone. And I mean, it's thematically tying it all together with what's going on. He, you know, we even intercut it. It's a montage, basically, of him singing about uh, how he's going to be all alone, and it kind of hits Midge. She goes over to Joel at the factory, says she doesn't want to be all alone, at least not for tonight, but just for tonight. That's a, just for tonight. And what a great ending. It, I think it's a great ending because, you know, I, I, I stan Midge and Joel. Is it, what would it be? Mole? Jidge? We have discussed this before, and I don't remember what we concluded, uh, so I'm not sure, to be honest. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm not what's uh, it be Bidge for Ben and, ben and Midge. I'm not really uh, uh, or men. Benjamin? I only know Smidge. Like I only know Smidge, which is Susie and, and Midge. So I'm I'm not familiar with these other ones. Uh, and I should have done the old go see what fanfic is more popular thing, which we do sometimes. Uh, kind of check which ones yeah. are actually getting people to write fanfics. But I believe it's still going to be uh, Smidge mainly. But well, Joel is clearly going to be more popular than Ben. It's just. I, I don't think you're in that much in the minority, but uh, but I don't. I, I guess I don't know for sure. I, so we did have another email from Kristen when she did finish the season, yeah. um, saying, "Well, first, important Jane Lynch rules. The scene between her and the people with arthritis was the most the funniest part of the season to me, especially when she pretends to cry. Happy to see more of her if it pans out." And then her less mediocre thought, she says, or more mediocre thoughts. I didn't hate the ending, but I also didn't like it. Circling back to my thoughts on the first five episodes, it feels like a very Rory Gilmore decision for Midge to make, and I didn't like it. Huh. You would disagree with that, I suppose. Yeah, I think I would disagree with that. Because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going back to it here. It's because she sees this moment with Lenny, Lenny Bruce... And again, I apologize because I did forget all of this and I just kind of skimmed <laughs> through it as we we're discussing it. And Lenny Bruce has this great performance. She helps him get on TV, but she sees that like it's not like it made him happier. Like he still kind of has this moment of like, I don't know, I guess. What is it when you want to be in it? You're chasing the dragon as an entertainer. And it's sure. uh, I don't know if you've ever had like whether it be a performance or recital whatever it might be uh your big show you've been planning for and setting up and then you finally perform and then it's like 10 minutes later you're just back in regular life and it's like where you know where's this adrenaline go or what was it all worth it post-show blues i believe they call it and i don't know i feel like it makes more sense she wouldn't be going to ben in this situation she goes to joel and that's where it goes that's not a Rory Gilmore thing that's a just a normal person thing yeah I mean I I guess if my first thought was probably like well why didn't she go to Ben but she just decided not to marry Ben it would be kind of dishonest to go and like 
hey, by the way, we're not getting married, but like, I don't want to be alone and you like me, right? Uh, so, I mean, that's not what it's about. At the same time, she is cheating on Ben. Like, she didn't go and break up with Ben first. So that does kind of feel a bit Rory Gilmore uh, yeah, in a way. Well, it's fair, but yeah, I guess it is that, but it's also because the Ben thing was never real. I know, but they tried to make us think it was real, but then I feel they just like, discarded it. I feel like her getting engaged to Ben is more of a Rory Gilmore move than her going to Joel. You know what I mean? Like, if we're going to go I that hope, route. Yeah. I hope yeah. people have watched I Gilmore Girls. I hope you've Girls. watched the Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, uh, dear listener. I hope you watched Gilmore Girls. It's a good show. Um, but, yeah, it is. Yeah, I see what you mean. The The engagement thing is very much like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely doing this right away, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be my life now. Uh, but this is, I mean, at least it's the way she describes it is like, okay, this is just for tonight, and I just know that I'm leaving this behind and I'm leaving a lot of things behind and I feel empty right now and I don't want to. Yeah. Um, well, what was it in so, season one? They had their night together too. So was it like a well, similar Yeah, situation? but they were going to get back together at that point yeah, as well. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, you're right. Before he saw the gig and that. Um, so yeah, where do you think season th- three will bring us? It's something we discussed from the very start, the fact that they got greenlit for multiple seasons uh, at the same time, which is unusual. So they may- I think that's also part of why they set the pace the way they did. They knew that this wasn't going to be their last season. They're probably already like working, or were probably already working on the writing of season three at the same time. So they could take this time to explore different stuff. Where do you think we're going in season three? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, because I mean, especially dropping the details of like, uh, Abe talking about their apartments paid for by the school, leaving his job, potentially, you know, meeting with a lawyer. I don't know what that entails. Like, are we going to see the takedown of the, um, cause no, they're not the Maisels. What is Midge's maiden name? Um, Abe, Abe, what is it? I don't even remember. Jesus. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't because because she still goes by the Maisel moniker even though she's separated. Uh, so I was trying to see the. God damn it. Bor- uh, da, da, da. Uh, Weissman. It's Weissman. Weissman. Yes, that was on the tip of my tongue. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, are we going to see the the drop down of the Weissman as far as class is concerned? Or are they going to have to deal with living with a Italian family and watching um, Luigi TV <laughs> or whatever? Like a little taste <laughs> of <mean>, that. <laughs> interestingly, that was basically at the start of this season with them yeah. going to live in like the French hovel of yeah. uh, an apartment. So I feel like they probably won't do that. I don't know where Abe is going with all this. But uh, that was more, think? I mean, I feel, uh, to be fair, I don't think that's where they're going to go. But I don't feel like the French thing, that's that's like a rich person pretending they're going without. Like that's a that's such a tourist version of, because you're still, you're living in France and you're kind of living it up, doing whatever you want. It's not quite the same as like, you know, being poor. Uh, but yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like because yeah, going over it here, Midge's whole thing is yes that she's she's not gonna have three before thirty. Uh, she's she can't go back to Jello molds. She didn't even think about it, and she accepted the tour. So she's she's feeling selfish for that because she's going against what she thinks her role is supposed to be. Uh, and then she turns to Joel. I feel like this will they won't they is gonna continue and Joel's the right man. I feel like Joel's going to open up a kick-ass club, 
It's going to have Midge <laughs> performing there all the time, kicking some ass. Uh, I mean, again, I'm team. I'm all about Susie and Midge more than anything. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't even though like, yeah, I'm saying I'm a Joel supporter, but I'm more about seeing Susie and Midge versus the world. And it does feel like they're setting up a big disconnect and it would make sense that season three is going to deal with them more at odds. I would imagine, uh, yeah. because yeah. you can't blame Susie for uh, taking a job with Sophie and trying to become more of a high profile manager because she doesn't live the life that Mid- Midge leads as far as, you know, money and privilege and all that. She deserves it. She's a hard worker. She believes in what she's doing. So it feels like the natural thing here would be the disconnect between them and kind of exploring that and how they work uh, without each other maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, I mean, managers in comedy or any sort of entertainment, they never have one client because that's not how it works. (laughs) And she's had one client for a long time. She gets a chance to bag a very great client. Uh, I mean, is she... Maybe even I think she is gonna accept it and get to a point where she's like, like this is gonna be exciting. Her going from being like Luigi TV hiding with, uh, hiding with the Weissmans in their house while they're away. Like she's gonna go from that to having her own office. She's gonna have her own management company. I think that's gonna be fun. She's gonna have not just a phone number but someone to answer the phone and a phone that bill that she can pay as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's all exciting stuff. She's gonna disconnect from like, oh, the reason we got started with this, I'm losing track. And then her and Midge are gonna make up towards the end and kick ass. And I don't know, maybe Sophie Lennon. becomes a more sympathetic character or maybe she becomes more of a villain i mean they could even become friends at one point or maybe she gets to do her real parts that she actually wants to do like she mentions like i have a fucking degree in this and that and i want to do this but i can't because i have to do what people want maybe yeah susie will help her with that and she'll become a better person who knows i feel like she's definitely is becoming she would become more of a sympathetic character because even though, yeah, she's kind of painted as a hack doing a character, it's in the, uh, you know, the guise of, like, that's what she had to do as a woman coming up before Midge and kind of opening doors for her in a way. Uh, so I don't feel like they're going to let that go. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and especially with Midge, if Midge is going to be on tour six months, uh, six months with uh, Shy Brown or whatever his name is, um I don't think Susie's going to be there. So that does give them time apart where they do just naturally organically grow apart rather than this like main blow up type deal uh, where yes. if we kind of cut, I assume it would cut back to it's the end of the tour. Maybe we'll see a little bit of Midge on tour before she comes back. And then it's kind of dealing yeah. with the uh, the outcomes of that. Yeah, it's a, you know, I I want to guess how it's going to start, but based on this season, I'm not yeah, going to guess it that's correctly. True. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to do something you don't expect, but yeah, it does sound like, you know, seems likely they would, you know, have maybe a montage and then her getting back and how everything's different and maybe getting back and like walking into Susie's office that she has now would be a weird uh, way to reintroduce them to each other and how their relationship is going to work. And uh, now that she has like maybe she got three more clients or 10 more clients, I don't no, um, that could be an interesting way to sort of pull the rug out from under you. I think she is going to obviously keep growing and getting bigger. I mean, she has a superpower. She really can't fuck it up, even though she when she should. I hope she bombs a few more times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited, and I think it's going to come relatively soon. You know, um, it, because they got the order to create the sh- 
the seasons at the same time. They've planned it out, I think. It's likely we'll get it at the end of this year. That is 2019. And at that point, please do check your podcatching apps because we'll be there. We'll be talking about it. We are the Maiselmen. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, I saw this is a slightly off topic, but, I mean, in discussion of the Joel character and they, the, there's been talk of uh, Amy Sherman Palladino's uh, toxic relationships or toxic male characters, and uh, they're saying how Joel's a big one, and they were saying how uh, Luke from Gilmore Girls is a big one. And I, Luke, I think I, that's I thought a, you were going to say Jess. Jeez. Yeah, okay. no, I thought it was a bit much. And I understand now there's more of a like the trope of the pining guy uh, is a little bit creepier now when you think about it or try to really analyze it. But I don't buy it. I'm not buying it with Luke. I don't think Luke's a toxic character. I think I mean, now getting to the Gilmore Girls, I mean, there's definitely some <laughs> some issues with April there. If you want to really get into it, I understand that. But come on, toxic character. Get out of my face. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I I was blindsided by that. Luke, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. And, he, he, you know, you have characters in shows and real life who are pining guys who are absolute creeps, and he's not one of them. He's just a good guy and a great yeah. friend, and no spoilers for Gilmore Girls, so I won't say anything more. <laughs> just watch Gilmore <laughs> Girls, all right? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, you, you probably have time to rewatch it until next season. Um, but, yes, we do discuss other television shows at showswhatyouknow.com, like I mentioned. You can also leave a review for Maiselman on iTunes. We'd very much appreciate it, and we'll read it out next time. Um, and, of course, if you want more from Jim in the meantime, there's jimandthem.com. For me, it's awesomepedia.org. Find our other podcasts and projects there. Uh, anything else, Jim? There's just one more thing left to say. Oh, what's that? We got the rabbi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>